Tell to the coming generations the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. Psalm 78, 4. Well, welcome guys to our No Name podcast. I'm Jonathan Watt and this is my lovely wife, Hannah. Hello. Hey, y'all. And uh, yeah, we don't have a name for this podcast um, yet, and that has been something that's kind of stopped us from doing this because we don't have a name, but maybe we'll have a name by the time this kind of, we post this or uh, put it out there. But yeah, this is something that we've just wanted to do for a while. Uh, the main goal with this um, podcast, or really just sharing uh, with you guys, uh, is to just share some of the things that we have learned over the last few years, primarily around uh, raising little disciples, little people, uh, marriage, uh, family, church, building culture, building community, all these things uh, that really just are around living out the Christian life in daily practical ways. Uh, and so we have just been greatly influenced by other people just sharing things. And we felt like, hey, we have something to share uh, and we need to share it. So uh, our hope is that this really just primarily reaches, you know, our local community, you know, people that we are closest yes. with. And maybe a few people will listen to it. Maybe a few people will, you know, learn something, apply it and help us as we try to grow Christian community and build culture, Christian culture here in Thomasville. And really that starts with the family. And so that is the main topic that we're going to be talking about today. And uh, that leads us right into the topic of family worship. Uh, and so that's what we're going to be tackling today. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what family worship is, how it has impacted our family, how to do it in your family, and how to apply it, how to practice it in your home. And uh, and yeah, so that's what we're going to get into today. So um, <clears throat> we, have, uh, we haven't been doing family worship really long. Uh, we started doing family worship when Avon was born or a little after Avon was born, who Avon is almost five now. So he's our oldest. So, uh, maybe about a little over four years or so. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we have, uh, we've been doing it for about four years, but, uh, yeah, we want to talk about family worship, what it is and how it has impacted our family in a positive way. So, um, yeah, tell us a little bit, Hannah, about, before we get into the details about what family worship is, how to do it in the home, uh, explain maybe a little bit about how you have experienced the positive effects of family worship. How, how has it impacted our family having regular worship time in the home as a family? I would say, well, it's just refreshing your husband leading you in digging into the Bible and being able to sing songs together, you leading that and seeing how my kids, our kids, pick up on all these all these things that they don't have to they don't have to go to a Sunday school class once a week. Like they're getting taught this by you and I in the evenings in a really simple uh, simple way and it's it's fun to see how it sticks in their little minds and uh, how it brings joy into our home yeah that's good I know um you know that's something you desired for a long time I think was for me to lead us spiritually and this is just a practical way that husbands need to be leading their families their wives their children spiritually through family worship and I think that's obviously something that you were craving from me for a long time and 
family worship was just a practical way and a regular way to do that um, and to live that out. Right. Yeah. And that's not something that I could will and work in you. You were going to have, God was going to have to give you that desire to yeah. lead. Uh, and he thankfully did. he did. Yes. 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 You prayed for it. You, you left hints. You encouraged me. You didn't nag me, but, um, but the Lord softened my heart and, uh, and led me to take action. So yeah, definitely. So that, that's really good. Um, so, well, we'll talk a little bit about what family worship is here. So I really want to break it down, uh, you know, really into simple. It really is simple. So try to break it down really simple. And most of what uh, I'm going to talk about today uh, is really uh, from Donald Whitney's book called Family Worship. So uh, I don't know if we'll have like a little note section or something where we can link some of the books or the resources, but this was a book that was given to me um, by one of my buddies, Will Cleland. He's a pastor up in uh, South Carolina. And it's just a simple book that just teaches you how to do family worship. Uh, and so a lot of this stuff was uh, is taken from there and a book that I read kind of a little after maybe we started uh, doing family worship. But uh, so family worship, though, family worship is the practice of daily scripture reading, prayer and singing as a family. So if you can kind of break it down, it is read, pray and sing, read, pray and sing. It's really simple. Uh- Easy, um, easy, easily, <laughs> easy, easier said than done. Um, but uh, read, pray, and sing. So read scripture, pray together, and sing, uh, sing a song, sing hymns together, uh, and and do that on a daily basis. So typically, this is either done uh, in the morning or the evening. Uh, although uh, Puritans actually did this in the morning and the evening, uh, we're, we're simply advocating for once a day. So we'll try to shoot for once a day uh, if possible. So, uh, but yeah, that's uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit as well about, you know, how this was done in church history. And, uh, you know, this is really something that uh, really was encouraged and, uh, you know, pretty strictly enforced even within the church. Uh, you know, fathers upholding their duty to lead their family in family worship all throughout church history, really up until the last 60, 70 years or so. Uh, so, so we, you know, we have big examples of it all throughout church history, but, uh, before we get to there, uh, so where do we find instruction for family worship in the Bible? Uh, so obviously we want to take our instruction from scripture. So where do we get this, uh, example or this precedent that, uh, fathers should be leading their family spiritually, should be leading them, uh, in worship within the home, uh, and not just corporate worship on Sundays, but worship in the home. So uh, the Old Testament is full of examples of family discipleship and clear instructions for parents to teach their children the commandments of God. Uh, we read Psalm 78, 4 at the beginning, uh, but Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7 also says, And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And so here, here's a command in Deuteronomy, a command to, uh, to fathers, really, to be teaching and instructing uh, his family uh, in, uh, in the ways of the Lord. And you can see here where he says, uh, the Bible says, uh, teach them diligently thy children when you, sit, when you sit down, when you walk in the way, when you lie down, when you rise. And so really it's uh, all the time. Uh, you know, we need to be uh, living out and preaching the gospel and uh, demonstrating that to our children all day long. Uh, and so, uh, you know, a dedicated time to instructing children, uh, the family in, 
uh, reading scripture and singing together uh, and in praying together uh, is really, you know, just following that command in a very small way, um, right. but something that can help us go in the right direction and start moving in the right direction. But did you have any thoughts on that? Amen. <laughs> amen. 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 So that's in the Old Testament. So we can kind of look at the New Testament as well. So let's look at the New Testament here. We've got Ephesians 6, 2 through 4. So uh, this says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with a promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou may livest long on the earth. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Uh, so again, here we see that it's the father's responsibility. Uh, it doesn't mean that mom doesn't teach throughout you know, the day, doesn't teach uh, you know, throughout um, any time, but right. that the father here, uh, it really the responsibility of the spiritual discipleship and really the spiritual temperature of the home and really what's going on in the home uh, is uh, his responsibility. The weight of that falls on his shoulders uh, for better or for worse. And so uh, he needs to be leading in that. He needs to be taking the responsibility of that. And he needs to be leading uh, those times in family worship and just making sure that, um, you know, everyone is on the right track and on the same page. Uh, and, you know, he takes the responsibility uh, of that spiritual discipleship in the family here. So, And it does. It really grounds the family. Like, it encourages me. We do it in the evening. But it, it encourages me going into the next day or thinking about, okay, we have family worship in the evening. It encourages me to... You know, prepare our our kids' little hearts um, for that time, and uh, it spurs me on to sing over them during the day. So, um, yeah, it it really is just something that gets me fired up for um, for loving them and um, for teaching them throughout the day. Yeah, and you're and that's a that's another thing that we can talk about too. I'm sure at another time, but just things that you're doing throughout the day to um, instruct them, you know, that aren't just dedicated times of worship, you know, maybe official times, but when you're, you know, singing songs with them, you know, having them memorize things, especially through song, uh, all those things are preparing them, you know, for Sunday worship, preparing them for family worship in the evenings, all of those things, you know, we're, we're trying to follow that command in Deuteronomy of continually instructing them and giving them instruction, not just during that time of family worship, but from the moment they wake up in the morning till the moment they go to bed. Right. Yeah. Cool. Um, so uh, a little bit of church history. I love church history and uh, I think church history is, has so much wealth to glean from. And so we can look back at examples of uh, family worship in church history and really how the church has been, again, like I said, faithfully doing this for, uh, you know, almost two centuries, really up until the last handful of years that we've really kind of neglected this uh, command to uh, for fathers to be instructing their children and to be having this time of family worship. So um, up until the last 60 years or so, family worship was simply expected in every Christian home. Uh, obviously, we already have the biblical commands, but here are a few examples through the last two centuries that show family worship as the norm in every Christian home. So uh, this is a second century theologian Tertullian. Uh, he described family worship as an integral part of a Christian home. And this is a quote here. He says, they pray together, they worship together, they fast together, instructing one another, encouraging one another, strengthening one another. Psalms and hymns they sing to one another, striving to see which one of them will chant more beautifully the praises of their Lord. Hearing and seeing this, Christ rejoices. 
The great Scottish reformer John Knox, uh, one of my favorite reformers, uh, says, quote, Brethren, ye are ordained of God to rule your own houses in his true fear and according to his word. And therefore I say, ye must make them partakers in reading, exhorting, and in making common prayers, which I would in every house were used once a day at least. Both the Westminster Confession of Faith and the London Baptist 1689 Confession state, God is to be worshipped everywhere in spirit and in truth, as in private as in private families daily and in secret each one by himself. And uh, even the companion to the Westminster Confession called the Directory for Family Worship laid out disciplinary measures for fathers who failed to lead their families in regular family worship. Uh, it says, quote, He is to be gravely and sadly reproved by the session, after which reproof, if he be found still to neglect family worship, let him be. For his obstinacy is in such an offense, suspended and debarred from the Lord's Supper as being justly esteemed unworthy to communicate therein till he amend. So if a man neglected family worship, uh, he was uh, said to have been, uh, he was supposed to be barred from the Lord's Supper uh, based on uh, the Directory of Family Worship, uh, in, uh, the companion to the Westminster Confession. And finally, one of our personal favorites, Charles Spurgeon said, If we want to bring up a godly family, who shall be a seed to serve God when our heads are under the clods of the valley? Let us seek to train them up in the fear of God by meeting together as a family for worship. So those are just a few of hundreds of examples as I was doing some research for this uh, that I found of men encouraging, uh, pastors encouraging and exhorting their congregation, uh, the men in the congregation to lead their families in regular daily family worship at home. Right. And didn't we read somewhere you, uh, you told me? that pastors would come check in on the family be like hey you doing family yeah, worship what's yeah, going on yeah and do i hear a baby crying <laughs> or a cat outside I'm not okay sure. <laughs> well so what i was saying was yeah um yeah just the fact that p pastors would come and check on their flock and be like okay are you are you doing the thing are yeah you yeah pastors used to make make house visits to the members in their congregation to, uh, you know, if there were new members, teach them how to do family worship. That was a big integral part, actually, of, you know, becoming a member of a church body was to uh, have a pastor come and actually lead the family in family worship so the father could see it done and watch and observe and then learn how to lead the family in family worship. And then they would also go around to, you know, members at least once a year to uh, check in on the spiritual temperature of the home and make sure that uh, family worship was happening on a regular basis in a uh, in a faithful way, and they were living that out, you know, on a faith and uh, on a daily basis. So yeah, good, 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 good point. Um, anything else? I just think that's beautiful, and it's sad that it's not done anymore. So yeah, but it's making a comeback. We're reviving family yes. worship, uh, one household at a time. So yeah, I've had some encouraging conversations with. Uh, some pastors that, um, you know, really have started encouraging their congregation, especially I think younger families are seeing the need for it now more than ever because, uh, because of just what's going on in our culture. You know, I think they're seeing that uh, they need to be discipling their children uh, and their wives and their families at home, uh, you know, to combat the discipleship that the culture is striving to disciple them in the ways of 
death. <laughs> right. There certainly is a hunger for it. Yeah. Particularly, I think, yeah, again, I think particularly I've just seen in younger families and that's encouraging. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we pray that that continues to grow. So, Amen. so why is family worship important? Um, obviously we've looked here, it, it's, it's a command from God. Uh, we see that in scripture, both the old and new Testament. We see this command to train and disciple your children and your family in the faith. Um, number two, family worship encourages the father as the spiritual leader of the home. Uh, your wife will dig it gentlemen. So like Hannah said earlier, um, it definitely encourages, uh, the father as the spiritual leader of the home. And it really pushes, uh, you as, you know, the man to, uh, to be in the word, to be reading the word, to be studying the word, you know, to have a word to share, uh, each evening. It doesn't, again, we can get more into the, the, the practicality of it here in a minute, but, uh, it doesn't have to be super fancy, but it at least encourages me to, you know, at least be reading my Bible once a day. But, Sometimes family worship is the only time that I'm reading my Bible. <laughs> so that does happen uh, sometimes and, uh, and that's okay. Uh, and so it's a, it's a safety valve uh, for me as well. So uh, we're at least reading scripture uh, together, you know, as a family, uh, even if, you know, I miss, you know, reading it by myself. So. Well, and this is probably going to be like another podcast and another <laughs> knew, self, you know what I'm saying? Yes, I knew you were going next. But yeah, that you um, you don't have to, particularly I think uh, young moms or people in my season of life that have multiple littles, there's something in culture that says, oh, you have to, or maybe it's not in culture, in Christian culture that says you need to have your quiet time and it needs to be an hour and you need to be able to uh, read this much, study this much, take notes, um, and I mean, if you're being faithful uh, within the home, doing the things that you've been called to do and taking care of your little people, you don't have an hour of quiet time away from them, typically. Mm-hmm. And so that all to say um, that it, it is refreshing because uh, that time in the evening that you have with your spouse leading is one, a time in the word and uh, that you can be getting nuggets of scripture all throughout the day with your kids in the room. So these are things that I did not always know, um, yeah. but that the Lord has shown me and convicted me of as our family has grown. Yeah, absolutely. And I, well, I think we're told that, you know, your private spiritual Bible reading time when everything is quiet, everything's perfect, and you can really just read and meditate and have all your highlighters out and, you know, your notepad and all that is, is more spiritual than worshiping together with your four children under four. Right. (laughs) Or your four children under four running around making forts in the living room and you're trying to read at the same time. A lot of the time I'm trying to read out loud while like a pillow is getting thrown at my face. Like it's just the season of life we're in. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great, great, great point. Um, so, and we touched about on this earlier. So why is family worship important? Um, your children will, e- will either be discipled by you uh, and God's word, or they will be, be discipled by the world. Uh, they're being bombarded by the world 24 seven, and you must be training them in the home to be able to stand up and fight uh, and fight for the truth. Uh, and so, you know, uh, an hour a day or, you know, or I mean, family worship is an hour, but 15 minutes a day, uh, you know, is, is, is hopefully, you know, at least giving them those tools, you know, an hour on Sunday necessarily isn't enough. They need to see that in the home. Uh, and, you know, we've outsourced, you know, the spiritual discipleship of 
our families to the professional clergy or, you know, the, uh, you know, our pastors who, yes, they are, you know, they are the spiritual overseers of, you know, our souls um, and me as the husband as well. Um, But it's my responsibility to be discipling my children uh, against the discipleship and the deceptive uh, discipleship of death of the world and be pouring life into them uh, through family worship. Uh, and then again, finally, uh, husbands will give an account for his uh, husbands will give an account for their wives and children before God. Uh, and so again, you know, the responsibility of the family and the spiritual temperature of the home uh, falls on the husband. Uh, it's not that I'm you know, uh, I'm held accountable for every sin, but I am responsible for uh, what is going on in my family and the spiritual health of my family. And that weight falls on my shoulders as the uh, as the, the spiritual head, the, the federal head uh, that God has gifted husbands with. Uh, and we need to be, uh, you know, uh, taking that seriously. And it's a great weight. Uh, and it's a, it's a, it's an, a, it's a, it's a mighty weight that we need to carry. We need a burden. We need a shoulder and we need to lead. And so, uh, those are, uh, reasons why family worship is important, uh, in the home. Um, uh, oh, number five, actually there's one more. Uh, if you want to change the church, the culture and the world, it all starts in the home. So again, we talked about that at the beginning, you know, it all starts in the home and our goal is to change, uh, the church, the culture, the world. Uh, and that all starts with what is going on in the home and discipleship and discipling these little people. Uh, and you know, they're going to carry on far longer after we are in the ground. And you know, this is a long work. This is going to take a long time uh, to rebuild, uh, Christendom as we want uh, to see rebuilt. And so it's a long work and we need to be discipling uh, our children to do that work long after we're gone. I have a quote. Uh, I like quotes, if you can't tell. Uh, But Charles Hodge, who was the president of Princeton Theological Seminary in the mid-19th century, uh, and when Princeton was conservative and on the front lines of defending the Bible against liberalism, he said, quote, the character of the church and of the state depends on the character of the family. If religion dies out in the family, it cannot elsewhere be maintained. So I pretty much think that sums up the centrality of the family uh, and how you know, the family is you know, key to changing the, the culture around us. It all starts in the family. And we see that you know, obviously with the, uh, the world that just wants to attack and tear down uh, the family. And because they know, they know almost better than the church does, uh, that the family is... The, the nucleus is the uh, core, is the, you know, the driving force of what's going on in the world and, and what the world's going to look like. Right. And I think that uh, a lot of women, because of what culture tells us, don't, don't see the value of mothering within the home all throughout the day and how that, that is a, that's one, what the Lord has called us to, but uh, too, that it, it's such a privilege to be able to um, love and disciple our children throughout the day. And that's going to have a big effect if we are doing that faithfully for generations to come. So you don't have to have this nine to five uh, to women, have this nine to five uh, making a name for yourself in the town that you're in you should be really focused on letting your children see the value in um, being a, being a mother that is faithful and loves the Lord. And that is going to have lasting effects. 
So yeah, it is. It is the most important work. Uh, you know, raising, discipling our children, and family worship is a key driver for that. So. Uh, we've talked a lot about family worship here, but we haven't really talked about how to practically do it now. Okay, so now we're getting to the nuts and bolts here. So um, the elements of family worship, again, we went over these in the beginning. It's read, pray, and sing. Read, pray, and sing. Very simple. Um, but maybe just some tips on to how to do that, you know, uh, maybe how we've done it in our family, how we've applied it, um, you know, some roadblocks that we've run into, some challenges we've, we've run into. Um, yeah, we, we can, we, we've done it just about every way. So we can, I'm sure we can tell you how not to do it uh, as well as how to, to do it, how to do it. Um, but we'll talk about reading. So read, pray, sing, uh, read first. So read, obviously we're, we're saying read, read the Bible, uh, you know, read scripture to your kids, um, you know, saturate them in the word. And so there's, you know, some practical, simple ways to do that. Uh, you can work through a whole book of the Bible. And again, all these things are going to look different, I'm sure, based off of how old your kids are. We have very little kids. And, you know, from what I know from people who have older kids, their family worship probably looks a lot different than our family worship. And ours has changed as our kids have gotten a little bit older. But yeah, And let's say there's a mom or dad that's listening to this and they have teens and they have never done this before and they're thinking well all is lost I didn't start when they were little and all is not lost it might be harder perhaps starting if they're not used to it but definitely do it just start yeah right do it um for sure that's a good point uh, yeah, so read the Bible, uh, work your way through a whole book of the Bible. That's one one way to do it. So you can just choose a book in the Bible, start working your way through it. Maybe read a chapter. Uh, we can't make it through a chapter with our one, two, three, and four-year-olds. Um, but uh, we can make maybe five, six verses is about our max right now. But <laughs> Six verses, it starts to get. Hannah will give me the, the eye of, okay, wrap it up, wrap it up. Um, <laughs> so you can work your way through a whole book of the Bible. That's a great way to do it. Um, just choose a book and you start in Genesis and just work your way through or, you know, pick a random book and, and go for it. Uh, choosing a proverb of the day. So, you know, there's 31 proverbs. Uh, you choose a proverb each day of the month. And you read that proverb. Uh, we've done that. Those are really good for uh, little boys. Uh, little boys, uh, great wisdom for boys in the proverbs. And so uh, that's usually my go-to when I don't necessarily have a game plan or know exactly what I'm going to read that evening is grab the proverb of the day. Uh, read a psalm or sing a psalm. Uh, you know, that can be part of your singing time too. Uh, thankfully, we go to a church where we sing psalms. We're learning some of the psalms. Those are new to us as well. We don't really know those super well, but uh, we're trying to learn some more psalms and learn how to sing them. And so uh, we've enjoyed that. And so we sometimes we try to sing those too. Um, and then tips for just reading, read enthusiastically, read like you Love the material, especially when they're little. Um, you know, try to add some inflection and some power and some punch when there needs to be punch. Uh, that helps them pay attention a little bit. Yes, <laughs> but yeah, read uh, read well and read uh, read dramatically and with enthusiasm because uh, it's God's word and we want to read it that way. Uh, keep it short. Let me say that. Keep it short with small children, uh, and then explain the passage a bit. You know, um, choose maybe one nugget out of the passage and just 
exposit it or, you know, just explain it uh, and just say, hey, well, this is what this means. Or even ask your question, maybe, how would you apply this? Or ask your kids, uh, you know, what does that what does that mean to you? You know, how do you apply this to your life? Um, you know, we apply them a lot to like brother sister relationships, <laughs> um, you know, and so that that is something that you can kind of do after you read uh, the passage of scripture. You want to say something? I was just thinking, it's just so uh, funny, like what they pick up on if you think oh they're not absorbing anything and then you ask them I mean I remember one specific night they were it was kind it was chaotic or it it had chaotic points and then you said to Alifair you said every night yes you said to Alifair you said all right what did I read about and I can't remember yeah she she, knew one word or something that she yeah pulled I think it was like, this is going to make our podcast probably explicit, but she said like naked or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah and, but it was, it was in this, it was in the passage. Yeah, you were like, oh, you were like, we were like, oh, you were listening. <laughs> <laughs> she heard, she heard naked and her ears perked up, but yeah. But yeah, they're they're listening, um, and and then yeah, of course it, it helps to explain the passage on their level, especially if they're little. You know, how do you you know bring it down to their level? You know, explain it in terms that they can understand a little bit easier. Um, is certainly helpful. Yes, know their frame, remember their frame. Uh, then we got so that's read. So then we got pray, uh, and again, uh, this is really not in a specific order. We sometimes change up the order <laughs> just depending on how the night goes. Uh, but, you know, read, pray, sing is a pretty decent order uh, to follow there. So you read, you pray, you sing. Um, usually once we sing, they're riled up and there's no calming them down then. So uh, praying after we sing usually is just not in the cards. So uh, usually praying before we sing is a better idea. Yeah, I think it just depends on the evening. For sure. Um, but this one can be kind of combined with the, uh, the, the praying and the singing, but, uh, pray. So use the Lord's prayer, start simple. Uh, most everybody knows the Lord's prayer. If not memorize the Lord's prayer as a family, uh, we sing the Lord's prayer uh, at our church. And so we've learned how to sing it and the kids like singing it. They know the words. Um, sometimes it takes a little like nudging a link yeah. to the way we, yeah, sing we, it. yeah, I'm sure there is. We can link it. Especially good for young kids to learn how to sing it. Uh, and again, yeah, as, as much as you can sing, uh, the better, especially with younger kids. You can sing it. Uh, that helps a ton. Uh, praying for each child. So sometimes this is done, you know, separately, maybe before they go to bed, but or even together, you know, praying for each child all together in front of them. Pray scripture back. So pray what you just read. Repeat it back. Uh, and I've tried to practice that. It helps me to pray God's word. And, and to, you know, really double down on what we've talked about and what we've just read. Have the kids pray, you know, have them practice praying. Uh, you'll usually get some really cute, you know, funny uh, prayers, uh, but really sweet. And those can be really sweet, sweet things to hear them pray. Uh, offer different prayer requests. So ask for prayer requests. Great thing. Pray the Psalms. So you can, again, pray the Psalms back. Uh, and then another thing which uh, is newer to me, but pre-written prayers. So I pulled, uh, our pastor shared a few pre-written, we, we use pre-written prayers at church uh, quite a bit. Our pastor writes his prayers out and that's a new concept that was shared with me. Uh, but, uh, and I can, you know, share some other information about that and about why, but those have been really helpful. There's a prayer for boys that he shared with me for men, uh, and a few other ones that, you know, you can pre-write or even write one for your own family and, you know, have it that you guys, that you read, uh, to pray over your family can be really helpful. So you don't, uh, just say the same thing over and over, you know, say the same kind of, you know, 
dear Lord, thank you for, you know, my children, you know, kind of your same routine, but it actually, you actually put some thought behind what you're writing and praying each day. Right. There was one that you uh, prayed over me when we had Nell that I think Pastor Josh gave you. Yes. Yep. Yeah, he did. Yep. Um, yeah. About, um, for uh, newborn, newborn children. Right. Yes. Yeah, really, really, really helpful uh, to kind of repray out your prayers. And then I wrote one, too, that was just kind of for a family um, that I wrote, put it in a Google note or something, but I haven't read that in a while. Yes, that's good. But yeah, those can be really helpful and good. Um, So that's read and pray, and then we've got sing. So uh, singing, this is uh, the exciting part and the fun part for the little kids. They love the sing part. Uh, Let them choose what song they want to sing. So maybe like if they sit still and they listen and they participate, they get to choose a song. We did that early on. And that can and help before song. we really started singing the Psalms, we were singing like just classic hymns. Yeah. Where one of one of our little girls always, holy, holy, holy. Yeah, holy, holy, holy. That's that's the popular request every night. Because uh, we sang that one pretty regularly for a while. But and then our sons is what is it? I know that my redeemer lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so choose theologically rich hymns, you know, choose the classics, uh, you know, dig up your favorite hymns, pull out a hymnal, uh, order a couple hymnals. Maybe I'm sure your church might even let you borrow some hymnals. They probably usually have extra ones lying around that you can be like, Hey, I want to do family worship at my house. I'm sure your pastor would be like, here, take a few hymnals home and you guys can use them. Uh, that would be something great. We just print out, uh, ones, but in our church actually prints out like a bulletin with the songs each week in the bulletin. So we just kind of collected those and put them in a binder. And I think we'll maybe talk about that later about kind of how to do it. But, um, actually I put that in here. So yeah, put a little, make a little songbook. Um, make like three or four songbooks. So, you know, everybody has the music in front of them with the words and sing. You don't have to get instruments out and stuff. Um, I think I tried that with the guitar for a little while. And Which it just, the kids did love that. They do love that. Maybe let them get instruments so they can get like, you know, their little tambourine or whatever they want to use to kind of, you know, make some noise and, and sing along. Whatever makes it fun for them is fine. But yeah, go ahead. Well, it's not about being a rock star. Yeah. But <laughs> if you know how to play the guitar, then that certainly is, yeah, a fun thing that your kids will yeah. enjoy. But don't let it be an obstacle to like singing. Oh, I've got to play the guitar. I've got to play some right. instrument. You know, for us, it can it could be, oh, I got to go get the guitar. It's got like another hurdle when it's like, okay, we're all here right at one time. Let's like, let's sing, you know, let's, 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 uh, you know, let's sing together and don't let it be an obstacle to keep you from singing. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. So you print them out, print out the lyrics so people can uh, read them and, and sing. Uh, again, learn how to learn how to sing the Psalms. Great. Um, we can link some resources maybe to that too. Um, some of the Psalms that we sung at church, uh, and then use the same song for a few weeks or a month. So everyone can, everyone can learn it. Uh, early on, oh. we did that where it was like, here, we're going to choose this one song well, and we're going to sing this every single night for the month. And then that way people know it. And then you don't even have to maybe use the sheet music. I think one of the first thing, well, we, we memorized first John or John one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was one John, of the things John that we one. did with the kids. So mm-hmm. that was fun. Yeah. Yeah. And then again, yeah, these can be made. You can sing scripture, you know, like right. you've done a good job with that. Hannah and you can share some resources with that too, but Hannah's done a good job of, yeah, just, um, you know, I'm finding kind of like, I will sing anything, anytime. Like I'll just sing talk. So I think it just naturally happens for me where I'll make up a little diddle. Yeah. To verse. And it helps the kids. Yeah. So, uh, so that's great. Uh, and yeah. And fathers lead, lead the singing. Um, 
I told Avon tonight he wasn't singing. I said, Avon, real men sing, uh, you know, belt it out um, and sing it loud, sing it uh, proud, sing it, uh, you know, from the tops of your lungs and and um, and lead the singing. You know, don't let don't let your wife just, you know, be the uh, the, the singer just because you aren't a good singer. I'm not a great singer just because you can't sing well or, you know, sing you know, and carry a tune. I can't really, I can carry a tune maybe, but not, not, not great by any means. And so don't let that hold you back fathers from leading the singing and, and belting it out and, uh, and sing, sing loud and sing joyfully as a family. So, uh, yeah, three elements, read, pray, sing. Uh, and so these three elements are instructed in corporate worship. So again, these are perfectly applicable to family worship. So these are the things that, you know, I'm sure you are doing at church on Sunday. And these are the things that we just want to take and apply to what we do in family worship in the home and just make it uh, a habit, you know. And so, yeah, go ahead. You had something. Well, I was going to say one thing that we didn't touch on that we do and another thing that we didn't do growing up was catechisms. Yeah. So we, oh, is that next? It's next on my well, notes. There we but go. Yeah, you got it. You're, you're a step ahead. <laughs> Um, yeah, so read, pricing, those are the core elements. Um, but then an additional element that we have really found helpful and is good. Uh, and we, yeah, again, we're not introduced to until and recently. And I think that was something that I started to do with Avon before mm-hmm. we started yeah. Yeah, you doing did. family worship. Yeah. Yeah. So catechism. Um, it helps me too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Most of this, especially for y'all with young kids, it's like most of this, maybe your kids aren't picking up on it, but is good for you. It's helpful for you uh, and, and for the parents. And it's, it certainly has been helpful for us to, you know, learn and go through, um, you know, the catechisms. And so, uh, so yeah, so catechism. So what is catechism? I don't, some, you know, most people probably haven't even heard of catechism. Maybe, uh, I don't, I don't even know if I had, or maybe right. I heard of it. I had I'm no idea sure what it was. At a time I would have probably heard that word and been like, what, what is that? Yeah. What are you doing? Sounds <laughs> weird. Um, but catechism. So, Catechism uh, is a simple way to teach doctrines we derive from the Bible. So simple way to teach doctrines we we derive from the Bible. So taking the the core doctrinal truths of the scriptures of Orthodox Christianity and putting it in kind of a question and answer form. Uh, And so, uh, again, this is historic Christianity. This has been used for centuries in the church, and we've just forgotten it over the last 50, 60 years. And so, again... Revival here uh, starts in the home, starts with family worship and catechesis. So uh, Zacharias Ursinus, who wrote the Heidelberg Catechism, uh, he wrote that catechism is the system of catechizing, uh, includes a short, simple, and plain exposition and rehearsal of the Christian doctrine, deduced from the writings of the prophets and apostles and arranged in the form of questions and answers. So that's Zacharias Ursinus. He wrote the Heidelberg Catechism. We tried to do the Heidelberg with our kids for a little while. The Heidelberg is rich, uh, really, really rich, really, really great catechism, um, but a little bit difficult for our little kids uh, and young kids. But definitely check out the Heidelberg uh, for uh, the adults or just to read uh, for yourself. Uh, very, 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 very rich. Uh, but catechism is a means of teaching Christian, Christian doctrine in a concise and repetitive manner. Again, question and answer form. Uh, again, Martin Luther said, in the catechism, we have a very exact, direct, and short way to the whole Christian religion. Uh, So many catechisms go along with the confessional documents, the Westminster uh, Shorter, the Heidelberg, uh, which is the Belgic, goes along with the Belgic Confession, Uh, but many, uh, there are many more and they are not all equal. Um, But 
here's kind of a example of a catechism question. So I put it in here. Uh, so this is a simple one. I think this is like the, this is one from Tom Askell, uh, his catechism. Okay. Uh, very simple for very young kids. And so the question one is, who are you? And the answer is, I am a child of God. And so this is, that's the first one we started out with, with our kid is, who are you? Uh, and I am a child of God. Uh, and again, what does it mean to be a child of God? This would be question two. It means that I belong to him and he loves me. Uh, and so treats are great incentives to get children to learn catechism questions. Uh, so we've used those quite a bit as well, too. Actually, I think this is not the, um, the Tom Askell's. I think this is no, the covenantal catechism, so, okay. maybe. Um, but anyways, again, we can include some links to some different ones. But but yeah, that, that's just how the, the form of catechism goes. You're teaching doctrine. You're teaching biblical truths. You're teaching uh, Orthodox Christianity through a form of question and answer. It can be as simple as that. Who are you? I'm a child of God. Or as lengthy as the Heidelberg Catechism, which you can read for yourselves and is very, very good. Um, but yeah, any questions? Any uh, thoughts on that? Babe? No. I w- well, I was going to say, yes, I've done music with this one as well uh so perhaps we can link that yeah yeah music again can be really helpful in memorizing those or we've made like our own tunes to them like clapping (laughs) the answers or creating a beat to go along with the answer to the question right and uh and so right now we're we're just learning the um 10 commandments so you could you know do that as well too so we're on the 10 commandments and and ours kind of working our way through those uh, and then, yeah, treats are great incentives, um, you know, having gummy bears, especially for little kids or some kind of dessert on the end, you know, answer the question right, remember the question, and we've got some treat on the end. Right. That helps everybody. And even even high fives, they'll get, they'll yes. get hyped just to get a high five from their daddy. For sure. Uh, and then uh, here's some other additional elements. So scripture memory, that can be another one. We talked about that maybe a little bit with, you know, memorizing scripture through song. So that can be another element in addition to catechism or doing catechisms. Uh, and then uh, another one would be read other good books. Um, so you could read other books along with that. So, you know, maybe you got more time uh, or, you know, this could be after you read, pray and sing. You know, we've read uh, some stories, some biblical uh, stories. What was a, there's one book that, uh, kind of goes through the proverbs or puts the proverbs in story oh, yes. wise words yes wise words puts the uh the proverbs in poetical kind of story length peter lightheart. peter lightheart yeah peter lightheart uh and so reading other good books uh avon and i have read like some church history stuff about different men through church history kind of short ones you can maybe want to kind of skim through and make sure they're age appropriate but um avon has loved those and and has you know kind of memorized or um, learned different men throughout church history and what they've done uh, and you can find little short books that have little you know two page maybe three page highlights of different men throughout church history that you can read about during family worship and those are a lot of fun uh and i love those and uh, the kids enjoy those as well uh, especially the you know story books and stuff so these are just just some other elements that you could add to family worship or you know include after family worship you know sitting around as a family uh, trying to read, uh, you know, maybe before bed or things like that too, that can just, you know, make sure that, you know, continue that, uh, you know, just discipleship throughout the home and leading that discipleship and discipling your kids, uh, not just during that read, pray, sing time, but even after that and beyond. And I think we said we did, we do it in the evening, but that, that is because a lot of mornings that you leave early. Yeah. But if it is more conducive to do it in the morning, that's a 
a great time to do it. For sure. Sitting around the breakfast table. Yeah. Whatever works for you, um, you know, just make a habit of it. So uh, along those lines, so so how, how do you start? So how do we start doing family worship? So I know it's read, pray, sing. What do I need to do? How do I get started? How do we start doing this in my home? Uh, you know, if I've never done it before. So um, the the main thing is just starting. Is just jumping in, starting. It doesn't need to be perfect. You don't have to have this whole binder with all your songs printed out and everything all prepped and ready to go. You know, maybe linger at the dinner table for five minutes longer and pull over in the Bible and start reading. You know, read some scripture. Maybe you don't even get all three elements. Maybe it's just one right. element. Maybe yeah. it's just praying. If you're not praying right now, start praying together, you know, praying for each other. Maybe it's, if you don't sing, start singing a song, you know, that you heard at church that week, sing it together. Um, you know, look it up, put it on Spotify, play that in the background and try to sing it and, you know, memorize the words together. Um, but it it will never be perfect. There will never be a perfect time to do it. It will never be the perfect setting. Everyone will not always be sitting still and listening perfectly. And there's never going to be a perfect time to just do it. Um, and so, uh, you just got to start. Yeah. And one thing that you have helped me in unintentionally, I think, but yeah, that it, it, it is about faithfulness. And so when I get to the end of the day, you're a mama, you know how you are tired by the time supper gets done. And so it would be easy to just be like, okay, let's go to bed. Come on, let's go to bed. And at times I have been, let's go to bed. And, but, but being faithful in that piece is Well, I think we help each other out too, because sometimes you'll be like, I'm tired. I'm ready to go to bed. And I can tell, and I'm like, no, we got to do family worship <laughs> and maybe it's a little bit condensed and a little bit shorter then. But then there's other times when I'm like, I'm over it. I'm on my last fuse. I'm kind of wearing thin and you're like, okay, you help me kind of get them all together. You get them all situated right. and you help make it easy for me to, you know, do it uh, and to, you know, s- sit down, grab the Bible and start doing it. So, so communicating, you know, yeah, communicating, working as a team. Yeah. Helping each other. Making sure, obviously, communicating ahead of time that it's a priority among you two. That hey, this is something that we need to do and that we need to start doing together, daily, nightly, or more every morning in our home. Help me do this, you know. Hold me accountable and help me help make it easy for me and vice versa, you know, for both of y'all. So I do think that it has gotten easier over time, you know, with the the habit being formed. Mm-hmm. What it, what is that they say? It takes so many days to form a habit. <laughs> I don't know, like, like ninety days, I think, is what but, I usually tell people. But all that to say, it it has it has become yeah the what we what we do in our home and mm-hmm. um, it's sweet. Yeah, a couple of things. Another thing to make it easy is I know we talked about the songbook, but you know wherever you're going to do family worship, maybe the majority of the time, whether it's at the dinner table or near the couch in the living room like put a Bible there so you don't have to like go find it, you know, like make it easy. Like don't create other obstacles and hurdles to you doing it faithfully and and having family worship. So keep a Bible nearby, put it in that spot. And that can be like your family worship stack. We kind of have a stack. It, it gets moved around a little bit. Um, we kind of got Bibles, you know, over in different places where we usually do it. So at least there's usually one close by, but, um, we usually have a stack with the catechism, with the Bible and with uh, some song sheets. Right. I honestly think there's probably a Bible in about every room, perhaps, right yeah, now. The kids because, hide, yeah, take the them kids or move on color on, on them sometimes or whatnot. But um, yeah, and then maybe last thing here, then this is just for fathers uh, about starting is 
is just, um, you know, if, if this is something that you have not done, because for me, when I first started, I, we had not done family worship. I had, I had been a poor spiritual leader of our home. Uh, and so, you know, there was a lot of uh, shame, a lot of, you know, really, yeah, just uh, disgust with myself and frustration with myself for not being the spiritual leader. Uh, and then, you know, God opened up my eyes and said, okay, you know, I saw uh, the ways in which I was failing, you know, as a husband or a father, as a leader. Uh, and so, you know, if, even if you feel, you know, discouraged uh, or you feel, you know, shame and not leading your family spiritually, uh, you know, just repent, repent to God, you know, repent to your wife, go to your wife and say, you know, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I haven't led the family spiritually. There was a, you know, kind of a big moment uh, in our marriage when I sat down and was like, hey, I, I, I'm sorry, you know, I've failed uh, and I have not led our family spiritually, not just in family worship, but, you know, in other ways as well. Uh, and I've not been the leader that you need. And, you know, I'm committed to doing that now. And, it's, you know, repent of your sin. Tell that your spouse, tell your wife that you are committed to leading the family uh, spiritually and in spiritual uh, in family worship on a regular basis and um, and, and start doing it. Uh, and so uh, I guarantee you that your wife will be thrilled. So, you know, fathers, don't don't be discouraged. Don't let shame and fear you know, keep you from repenting, turning from your sin and leading. And so, you know, that's just an encouragement from personal experience that, you know, I know a lot of men can feel uh, if they have not been doing this on a regular basis in their household. So, all right. Um, any final words on family worship? Um, I've got, I've got maybe one final word. So, uh, so don't get discouraged, uh, family worship, uh, don't get discouraged. Not once, uh, have I ever left family worship feeling like it was some super spiritual time. And more often than not, uh, I can feel like I'm beating my head against a wall. So I know you probably can feel that too. So, uh, many times, you know, family worship, uh, it's like, is this even, <clears throat> is this even doing anything, you know, <laughs> or what are we accomplishing with family worship? Uh, so many times, uh, in the middle of it after uh, family worship, it can certainly feel like that. Uh, but encourage you guys not to, not to be discouraged. Uh, Donald Whitney has a really good, uh, excerpt or chapter in his book, uh, that talks about that, you know, and he's somebody that's probably 60, 60 years old and has his kids married off. And, you know, they, they said at their wedding that family worship was the single thing that they remembered the most about their childhood and were th most grateful for. And Donald Whitney said he was shocked because not one time did he ever leave family worship feeling like he accomplished anything. <laughs> and so just that being an encouragement uh, to me, an encouragement uh, to you guys that uh, even if it feels like, you know, with young kids, especially that you're not maybe getting anywhere, uh, you know, stay faithful, be faithful, stay consistent and, uh, you know, trust God with the fruit, trust God that your faithfulness will produce good fruit, uh, in your children and in your family, uh, over the long haul. So yes, remain in faithful. Yeah, that's it. Remain in faithful, stay in faithful and, uh, and doing those things uh, in the home to, uh, bring up your children in the, in the fear and the admonition of the Lord and raising them uh, to love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. So that is it. That's what we got on family worship. And hopefully that was helpful to you guys. And yeah, that's first episode down. I have no idea where it's going to go from here. Uh, but hopefully there will be some more. And uh, we'll come up with some other things to talk about. I'm sure we'll have more things to share here over the next uh, few weeks and months and hopefully years. Hopefully we can keep this going. Uh, 
So, yeah, anything else before we sign off, Hannah? We're just thankful you're listening. We hope you made it to the end of the podcast. Thank thank you to uh, our parents for listening (laughs) and anybody else, (laughs) the two other people. And we will put some links in those show notes. And if you have any questions about family worship, then reach out to Jonathan or I. Um, Leave a comment. (laughs) Yeah. All right, guys. Bye, y'all. Till next time. See ya.